ready for me, James? You're ready. All right. I knew if I left it up to myself on uh, picking when to come up here, I'd get it wrong. I came up 10 minutes early. Well, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Uh, we're still in uh, the book of Galatians, uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to talk about peace today. But before that, I want to give a, I want to give a little charge to the fathers. So, if I could ask all the fathers to stand. Is that too much to ask? All right. Keep standing. Don't sit down. We need to know who you are this whole time. Psalm chapter 127, verses 3 through 5 says, says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. I sent... I sent BJ a text uh, earlier this week. I said, your quiver is blessed, BJ. You have lots of children. <laughs> but fathers, our children are a blessing from the Lord. And we, we're talking about peace today. We should be the chief peacemakers inside our homes. And our children are to look to us for spiritual guidance. And if they're not looking to us, who are they looking towards? And we should be pointing our, not only should we po be pointing our children to Jesus, we should point our wives to Jesus also. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the role of fatherhood is a God-ordained role. It's a huge responsibility, and it needs to be taken seriously. And we must make the most of, of the gift that, that God's given us and the children that we have. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. God's design for the family is for a man and a woman to marry and have children. And, and not all of us get to be blessed with children. But as, as we think about fatherhood, that includes our relationship with our wife biblically. So we need to be, that relationship needs to be done very well. So if you all want to have the greatest Father's Day that you've ever had, lean over to your wife right now and apologize for whatever silly thing you've done in the last 12 hours. Because I know there's something. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Heather. I haven't even seen you. I know I've probably done something wrong. So just always remember, have, have a heart of repentance inside of your house, which will, which will create peace in your home. Let me pray for the fathers here. Father, I thank you for the fathers in this room, but let us not forget that you are our heavenly father and you are perfect and we are far from it. And uh, I just consider it a great blessing to have... I'm getting to know the, the people here and the fathers here and, uh, and the families here. And I'm doing, I'm doing better with the name memorization, and I'm grateful for that. I, I recognize faces out in the crowd now, and I'm recognizing names. So I just want to – I just have so much gratitude to have gotten to know the people here uh, so well already. And uh, as, as we go on with the rest of our day and the rest of our year until next Father's Day, just – just let us remember that you chose our wives and our family and our children, and uh, they are a blessing from you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. You all should have this memorized by now, and I should too, but I don't. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying, envying one another. So peace. We all know, we've all felt some form of peace before. But biblical peace is only from the Lord. We have times in our lives where, where there's peace, but true peace is, is contentment in the Lord. And as I was thinking this week about fatherhood and marriage and, and our walk with Jesus and how all those things relate to peace, I spent a lot of time thinking about what peace isn't. And peace is not anger or dissension or division or turmoil or jealousy or selfish ambition or disorder. Like I said, peace is contentment in the Lord and, and knowing the Lord and, and just walking, waking up every day and just walking peacefully, knowing that God is in control of our lives and He's He saved us and we no longer have to be anxious about all the things that we were once anxious about. And that is peace. And I also spent time thinking about in what ways can we destroy peace? Because we can. And I thought, how do we... What is it that we do that creates so much turmoil, you know? And it, it's our mouths. Our, we, we open our mouths. Our mouths are you. We have to, we have to, we were talking, uh, we were talking this morning that uh, faith comes by hearing. So we have to open our mouths to share the gospel with other people. But oftentimes when we open our mouths, we say very stupid things. And this led me to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. And the, and the, um, the heading here says, Taming the Tongue. So James chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. But if we, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, but is earthly unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace.
So as we consider this portion of Scripture, let's meditate on the thought that our tongue can promote peace or it can kill it. It can kill peace. Verse 1 says, Teachers will be judged more strictly than others. And I know I talk a lot up here about how nervous I am, and it's not because I care, like, oh, that, you know, I don't care about the superficial part of that. I care that if I say something to lead you all astray somehow, that is on me. And uh, I've, I've talked to the deacons this week. I said, if I say something stupid or not biblical, tell me immediately. Tell me, tell me right now, you know. I do, it's just the weight of the weight of that. You know, it says teachers will be judged more strictly than others. There's 150 of you all looking at me, and I'm just one guy looking at all of you all. And the weight of that is is very heavy. But I'm grateful for the teachers that are that are in this building. The words that you know, the the passage talk about a wildfire, and the words that I say or that any of us say can become they, they can be a spark to ignite a wildfire, and we don't want that. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but our words primarily need to be used for the gospel message. We, need, we are all guilty of not sharing the gospel as often as we should. We should. Our words should glorify God in everything that we do. And we also need to be an encouragement to people and build people up and not tear them down. We need to be mindful to avoid gossip and bragging and manipulating and complaining and lying. We want our mouths to promote peace. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. I, I, some some uh, versions say out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. And up until this week, I've been, I, I need to make this known. I've been reading out of the NLT, and I'm going to read out of ESV from now on. I meant, to, I meant to say that as I got started, but I think ESV is more common. I think I was told that Jordan preached out of ESV, so that's what we're going we're gonna to stick with the ESV, if you all are wondering. So out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouth speaks. So if we're filling our hearts with Jesus, if, if our focus is on Jesus, well, suddenly we're not cussing and fussing about everything anymore. And... There's purity in our speech. And if we're not, then wildfire. We do not want wildfire, James. Verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Like I said, I've said many not smart things, but I can feel... God sanctifying me as time goes on. And I feel I have, we're not talking about self-control yet, but self-control was one of my three uh, most challenging areas of the fruit of the Spirit. But I can feel God just has slowed, He has slowed my speech down so much where I don't feel like I always have to just speak immediately. Just if we just slow our mouths down, slow our, our thought process down, and don't, you don't always have to say something. You know, you don't always have. I, I get, I'm, I'm going to get away from my notes, and it scares me to death. <laughs> but people, you know, people need help. We were talking this morning at breakfast. Uh, Rodney said the world is in an awful place. Everybody is hurting, and it's true, and everybody needs help. But if we don't have biblical advice to give people, then we just need to keep our mouths shut, you know. Uh, 
but everybody everybody is hurting so bad and and we do not want to be the ones that hurt them more you know satan can get a hold of our mouths and he can get a hold of our tongue and promote jealousy and envy and selfishness and unspiritual thoughts and destruction and if we're in step with the spirit our speech will be filled with purity and consideration for others and selflessness and submission and mercy and sincerity and peace so we want to fall in those bullet points we do not want again if 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 we don't know if we don't have the right words to say we need to point people to counselors that can counsel them biblically because we do not want to give unbiblical advice to people we all we all sin and fall short of the glory of god and we know that we can leave deep scars in the lives of people and just because we apologize i've i've learned over the last couple of years you know i might not look like a sensitive guy but i shave my beard off and and everybody's like well you shaved your beard off and i'm like why is everybody paying attention to me that much you know <laughs> why well, it become i've i vowed the last time not with god with myself we're not supposed to make a vow but i said i'm never shaving this beard off again because it it puts attention on uh, too much attention on me and i don't like it but um our words are the same way like you can say something about somebody's you all didn't hurt my feelings about my about the beard i just i hang on i i don't like that attention being on me and and our words are sort of the same way we can just um you never know what hurts somebody's feelings you know and i'm i'm the i'm the i was always the class clown i like to make people laugh and before i was saved it didn't matter at what expense if i could if i could hurt if i could make nine people laugh by hurting one person's feelings i would do it and that is that's not good so as we think about how broken people around us are and how desperate people are for a savior jesus we need to think about the words that we say just like the softball girls last week they were prepared they had a message to deliver and when they were asked you know how how do you all deal with the anxiety of softball they said we don't have anxiety about softball softball is silly our joy is in the lord you know they were prepared to give an answer we need to be prepared to give an answer so that we don't lead people off a cliff because if we're not prepared to share jesus with people in conversation we're just going to share our worldly knowledge and that that's a wildfire that's the wildfire that that james is talking about so some of the some of the things that we say aren't even meant to meant to be evil we think sometimes we think we are helping people by saying things like well follow your heart you know follow your heart trust your gut you don't want to know my sin nature if i follow my heart i'm i might end up in jail i don't know where i'll end up but it's not going to be a good place so when we tell somebody to follow their heart we're we're not necessarily wanting them to uh go down a road of destruction but that's not good advice so if your advice is to tell somebody to follow their heart that's this is the part where you just close the mouth because that is not good advice and one that stands out to me today that you hear on the radio or on podcasts is live your truth everybody's all about live your truth whatever you think is best do that and that is not we don't know what's best for us we leave it to ourselves to 
to to do what we think we need to do, then we will wildfire. Wildfires happen. So be mindful to give advice. Only we only give as Christians, we only need to give biblical advice. And just because somebody asks us for advice doesn't mean that we have to give it to them. If we don't have it, let's let's point people to people that do. Take them to Dale. Dale probably has good biblical advice. <laughs> Dale, you get picked on a lot, don't you? <laughs> you put yourself out there. We love you for it. Verses 8 through 12. But no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. When I read these verses, it reminded me of Paul in Romans chapter 7. He says, uh, I, do, I don't do what I want to do, but I do what I don't want to do. And my goodness, if that isn't my life, just a summary of my life, I know the direction God wants me to go most of the time, yet I choose laziness, spiritual laziness, or, or just not being prepared. How many times do you know that you, how many times you walk away from a situation and you think, I could have shared, they, they, they threw me a softball. I mean, I could have hit it out of the park and you just drop the ball and you go home and you think, how did I fail in that? How did I, I didn't open my mouth. I could have, I could have opened, I could have opened my mouth and we're not the one, what we say, the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. God, as long as what we say glorifies him, there is good in that. So Open your mouths and share Jesus with other people and be prepared. Those girls didn't show up at that, at that thing. I hate to keep bringing that video up, but it's just a good example of, of preparation. They knew ahead of time, I want to be able to give an answer, and we need to do the same. We need to be able to give an answer in conversation with others. So um, Paul says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do what I, what I want, but I do the very... For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. What a wretched man I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? What a wretched man I am. This man wrote the last chunk of, of uh, he wrote so much scripture, and he's saying, what a wretched man I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I'm the same way. I, it, it hurts my brain. To know how weak we are actually are our flesh is it's awful it's dirty it's we lust after things after money greed all these things and as we as we reflect back on peace what it means to be you know the peace biblical peace is just there that there is none of that there is no distress we know that we're in god's hands and 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 that's what peace is it's just so confusing to me. And, and it's also encouraging. It's very encouraging to hear. It's unfortunate that Paul says, I, do, I don't do what I want. Or I, I, I do not do what I want. What a wretched man I am. You know, that is, it's an awful feeling. But it's encouraging to know that God chose Paul. And he, that this is his mindset, you know. And, and Paul also said to live as Christ and to die as gain. Correct? Is that correct? 
I was just making sure that it was Paul. And, and that means if we're alive, we're sharing Christ. And if we're dead, we're with him. So how, that's the most, that might be one of the most peaceful passages in the whole Bible. You know, it, while we're alive, our work and our life is dedicated to Christ. And when we die, we get to be with him forever. That wasn't even in the notes. Yeah. Okay. Can I drink a water? Can I have a drink of water? I don't know what I've read and what I haven't now. Okay. Verses 13 through 18. I haven't covered those yet, have I? Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So what does it mean? What does that mean? A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This means we cast seeds of peace by controlling our tongues and opening our mouths when we should and closing them when we should. Speaking with godly wisdom instead of speaking bitterly or sharply, or negative, negatively, or worldly, is, is casting seeds of peace. And prayerfully speaking boldly when we have something wise to say. And I, I, I've, uh, uh, one of my favorite pastors always talks about, you know, there's a ditch on this side of the road, and there's a ditch on this side of the road. And with our mouths, one ditch is that we say too much. We, we open our mouths and get ourselves into trouble and lead people in the wrong direction. And then the other side is, for us, sometimes we don't open our mouth enough because we're scared of what somebody thinks or how it's going to make us look or, or uh, you know, we're just fearful. We're just, we're sinful and we're, we're, we're living in our, we're, we're just sinful. So we have to meet somewhere in the middle. And that's where sanctification happens. He, he takes all the bad mouth running away and he's given us a message to share so we have to know, we just have to use discernment or, and be mindful of, okay, this is an opportunity that I can share. Or I'm going to visit this person. There's going to be an opportunity to share. We need to think about our interactions before they even happen so that we are prepared to give an answer for where our joy comes from, where our peace comes from, where our self-control comes from. So when we sow seeds of peace, we reap the reward of righteousness, which means we are that we are pleasing to God. I'm still, that, that, that one verse is just hanging in my head, like to live is Christ and to die is gain. Is, it, it, that is true peace. So on this Father's Day that we're learning about what it means to be peace-filled, we, we must remember God sent Jesus to earth to die for our sins. Jesus came, came to earth, lived a perfect life, promoted peace, um, not always. I mean, he always desired peace, but he would challenge people, you know. And, and he came and 
and He saved us. And, and if we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I know we are not hitting home runs with all those. So if, if we are struggling in these areas, we need to pray. We need to come up front at the altar call and pray, God, give me peace. I don't have that peace. I don't have that understanding that I know, I, I know what I'm reading. I hear what I'm reading, but I don't feel that peace. I don't feel that contentment. I'm still worried about my 401k and I'm worried about, uh, you know, how much the, who's the energy provider here? Duke, how much the Duke energy bill is. I'm, I'm KU guy, but I'm getting ready to be a Duke guy, I guess. But we, we just don't, sometimes we just don't have that peace. Well, what do we do when, when we're in need? We pray. We pray to the Father. It's Father's Day. Pray to the Father. Jesus Himself, this, this, was, this is how I want to land the Father's Day plane. Matthew chapter, nine, chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Being called son of God on Father's Day is the ultimate reward. We fathers are going to fail. Been doing it for how long now? Nine years? How old is Sims? I fail daily. I do. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Let me pray for us. Father, I am grateful that that you saved me and that I am a son of God. And just let me not forget that you are the Father and you are perfect and we are not, but we just pray that you sanctify us and take, take the venom that comes out of our mouth away and give us encouraging words and help us to be peaceful and peace-filled also and just help us to understand that to live is Christ and to die is gain and if we're alive and we have breath as we breathe out just let us mention your name to everybody that we encounter and and then we will be peace-filled we'll have we'll have all the peace that we need and I'm, I'm just overwhelmed I just don't even have the words. Sometimes I don't have the words to pray, but I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for this opportunity. And I'm grateful that you sent your son to earth to die on the cross so that we would be saved. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I wanted to tell you all, at, during the time of invitation, I know that time is short. And I know that, like we talked about this morning, the world is in an awful place and we all have all these things going on. I, am, I don't live here yet, but I'm here a lot. Please, if you need to say something to me or you, you need encouragement or whatever, it's my job now. So my phone number is all over the place. So if you have questions about baptism or membership or any other spiritual questions or you need prayer about lacking peace or anything, just please come forward.